0: The reason that everyone's kind of thrown that out the window today is because it's been taken for granted that, oh, this is what the woman does or this is what the man does and it's never been explained to people or reasoned or people have never thought it through for themselves as to why that might be a good idea. And in certain relationships, it's not a good idea. And so when people have seen that fail or they haven't seen... Thought process to why that should be a good idea if they just go, oh well, this is rubbish, throw it out. Throw the whole thing out. Hello
1: and welcome to this week's episode of Living Fullness. I'm Stina Constantine and joining me on the podcast today is Elise Drum. Each week you'll hear us chat about a range of topics from virtue to relationships, comments on cultural shifts, and lessons that we're learning as we go along, and we are so happy to have you join us. So sit back and enjoy being part of a conversation with a couple of friends. How are you going, Elise?
0: I'm well, thanks, Dina. How are you? I'm
1: doing well. How have things been? What have you been up to?
0: I've been doing placement in emergency at the moment, mm. so learning a lot very fast about yeah. my future career and loving every second of it. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, it's been great. Yeah. So you, we had you on a little while ago, and thanks for coming back to co-host. Really appreciate it, not leaving me here by myself. But also, some of our community might not know that you're a medical student.
0: Yes. Yeah. Fifth year, fifth of six. So Mm. on the home stretch now. Yeah. yeah, Really getting into it. Yeah. Yeah. How's your week been? Yeah, good. Mine has
1: been really good. It's been a bit of a slower week, which has been really nice. (laughs) The past few weeks have been super hectic where there's just been like meeting after meeting after meeting and like one place to another to another. And I've only given myself 10 minutes to get from like one place to the other. So It's nice to have a bit of a slower week for a change. Oh, very good. Yeah. So this week's episode, we're having a bit of a chat about expectation management in relationships.
0: (laughs) Sounds very technical. I think
1: it's an interesting topic because it's so vague. Mm. There's little clarity around what you should and shouldn't expect in a relationship. And I'd love to be able to say say that most of us walk into relationships without any expectations, but that's just not true. We all walk into relationships, like all kinds of relationships, from work relationships to like romantic relationships to friends. We all walk in with our own experiences and our own ideas about what this relationship should look like. So I think it would be really good for us to pull this apart a bit. What do you think might be some common like friction points when it comes to expectations in relationships?
0: I think a big one is probably – the so-called societal expectations or the examples that are set either within our own family or in the media or you know in the books and the movies that we're seeing I think they really heavily influence expectations now you even hear people sort of make comments about oh like can I send this text without an emoji or (laughs) does that mean or will will they think that I'm angry yeah weird things like that so I think yeah they're they're changing constantly. And yeah, if, you know, people obviously have different expectations because there's some people that will send a text without an emoji and they think, what do you mean? I wasn't mad. I was just not going to move my thumb three more times. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. I just answering as quickly as possible. <laughs> like- yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I suppose, yeah, your experiences and just the different places that people come from have a huge friction point.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Which comes, yeah, it comes back to those experiences that we are each have uh, and what they mean to us Mm. as well as we walk into a relationship so you know even even just talking about like the emoji stuff that can so easily be misinterpreted as not caring yeah like in, in exactly as I was saying like for me that might be or it's just the quickest way to respond but for another person it could be well you're not actually taking time to respond, do you even want to be in this conversation? Like, does this mm. conversation even matter? Like, so many layers of interpretation, yeah, can happen, yeah, purely because of two very different ideas about what's going on. Yeah. Mm. What about in terms of like we were talking before we recorded that there's, if we're talking about romantic relationships, society expects now that healthy romantic relationships will mean that both people in those relationships have the exact same role. Mm. Like there's an expectation now that that's what it means to have a healthy relationship, which is completely opposite to what traditional values would say or traditional views would say around around this space. Like what, do your, what are your thoughts around, around roles in relationships?
0: Yeah, I think it's still, like it's not concrete and it's not hard and fast. It's, it's not this is how it should be for everybody. I think it's different for everybody. But I think that if you're going to have expectations for a person in a relationship based on their gender or whatever mm. have you, you have to have a reason for it. Mm. And I think the reason that everyone's kind of thrown that out the window today is because they haven't – again, it's been taken for granted that, oh, this is what the woman does or this is what the man does and it's never been explained to people or reasoned or people have never thought it through for themselves as to why that might be a good idea. And in certain relationships it's not a good idea and so when people have seen that fail or they haven't seen the thought process to why that should be a good idea, they just go, oh, well, this is rubbish, throw it out. Throw the whole thing out. Throw the Mm -hmm. whole thing out and, you know, they yeah, they see – you know, a traditional idea of, you know, maybe the man managing the finances, which Mm. has been a, is perhaps for some people really great because dad's an accountant. So why wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Whereas, you know, there are other relationships where dad couldn't, there's no way he could find that paperwork. (laughs) Obviously not. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think when those sort of gender roles become hard and fast or when there's not, an appropriate reflection on why, I think that's where it becomes a bit ridiculous. Mm. And so, yeah, I think it's completely acceptable to have expectations, but to have a reasoning and an understanding of why.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: And I think what you're saying there
1: too about that reflection is key because our world has changed Mm. and continues to change and so even looking back on you know our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents and the roles that they would have had in Mm. their relationships the way that we can we can talk about you know all sorts of different political viewpoints Mm. around how we might have this around what might've been happening. We could talk about oppression. We could talk about power, you know, what this, that and the other. And there were obviously as there are now, there were back then abusive relationships as well. Not every mm. relationship was healthy, but for the ones that were, they would have had particular roles, not only because of systematic stuff that was going on, but because these were their best skill sets and they were yeah. using their, their most, they were using their strengths. Mm. They were playing to their strengths. Yeah. Um, Which worked for their time Mm. and may not work quite as well for our time, which is also okay if we're able to reflect, like you're saying, reflect on why you would have this particular role in the relationship or a particular role in this season of that relationship Mm. because that can change. Mm. as well like oh
0: yeah it's so circumstantial and it's weird that it brings up a thought like thinking about like great-grandparents and things like
1: that
0: my great-grandparents who were from holland they you know they would have had that traditional looking family before the war where dad was the breadwinner Mm. but you know, when push came to shove and survival kicked in, he had to hide in a cupboard so he wasn't taken away to a camp and his wife was the breadwinner. Yeah. getting everything for the family, you know, so that he could still be there to help them, but, you know, undercover Undercover, essentially. So it really depends on, yeah, your circumstances and the needs of the family. And, you know, if it like there's, it puts a lot of pressure on both men and women sometimes because their family doesn't fit the status quo. And I like what my dad has often said to me. He said, law was made for man, not man for law. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of, yeah, just sort of really applies to that in that you, you need to use your logic and reasoning for each situation.
1: Mm. Yeah. And then not be afraid and not worry about, you know, any judgments that that might Mm. bring about, because like you said, it's not, the status quo well, too bad it works yeah. for your family yeah like, yeah it yeah. works for your relationships
0: yeah and if there is I suppose like playing devil's advocate if there is something that's sort of traditionally expected of men or traditionally expected of women still like reflect on why that might not be possible is it because you know you're not living out your full masculinity or femininity? yeah 100% know, mm. it goes both ways mm. you know are you not sort of you know allowing you know sometimes by taking on that role are you actually inhibiting the other person from reaching their full potential so it's Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. it's a tug of war isn't it yeah yeah
1: (laughs) and I mean what you're talking about now is is love within a relationship because it's not just about what we receive it's also about what we give Mm -hmm. and holding space For the other person to flourish Mm. as well, which you like in a good, healthy relationship. That's what happens. There's a toing and froing and a shared space. Not, I'm not talking physical space, (laughs) but like, you know what I mean? Like an actual shared holding of a place where the other person can grow. And that's where a flourishing relationship happens Mm. is when you can have that fertile soil and the room to actually grow in that. Yeah, yeah. Another point I think also very common is communication. I think sometimes with different values that we might hold, the friction point becomes when we don't actually talk about, you know, something that may have transpired that grates on our values, mm. and we kind of go, "Well, um, I don't understand why they do that thing, or they say that thing, or they think in this particular way." I don't get it because that's just not what relationships should look like coming from our own mm. experience and the desperate need to actually have to communicate that as well. Any thoughts on conflicts with values?
0: Yeah, I think I think again, like being prepared to to defend your values or to reason your values and say, well, this is why this is important to me is always important. But like you said, communication is everything. And it's <laughs> it's And you can get a great example from the movies that white relationships break down because people don't communicate because, oh, he'll be so sad and I'll let him go on that thing and I'll hold my grudge for the next three months instead. Yeah. 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 And it's, yeah, it's such a, I think it's such a sign of either, it's either a real personal sort of instability or insecurity, or it's a sign of a really unhealthy relationship. If you can't bring up that value or that concern openly and freely. So it's either a problem with you or them or the relationship itself. And regardless of which one it is, pretending it's not there is not going to help. So you have to either address what the issue is and raise the concern or you're not moving forward. And speaking like from personal experience, bringing up an issue or saying, well, this is important to me and I want you to understand that it's important to me, you know, Nine times out of ten, it's not the big scary conversation that you think it's going to be. It's going to be a, I didn't realise it was that important to you or, yeah, I didn't realise you felt that way or, okay, what can we do to to reconcile this? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what it should sound like but I think we always think of worst-case scenario in our heads for some reason. Yeah, and when you make a habit of not telling the other
1: person, it makes sense that you would fear what's going to happen because mm. it's been built for so long. Yeah. You don't know how to have that conversation where that conflict might happen. So you just avoid, 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 avoid.
0: Yeah. It and it can through come through from a good ahead. place. It can yeah, come yeah. from not wanting to be a nag or not wanting to be an inconvenience. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if it's not going away, then it's not yeah. obviously not a appropriate coping mechanism. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. And communication is
1: everything in that. But also vulnerability
0: mm, as well mm.
1: is communication and vulnerability being well, willing to risk the awkward, mm, mm. the uncomfortable, the what if, mm. what if they don't agree, what if they don't understand, what if they don't accept, yeah, you know all those all those things. But if you're not true to
0: yourself, can you really be happy in a relationship mm. with somebody else? Like. Do you provide people advice on how to approach those conversations and word, word those, those uh, conversations? Well, in my sessions, in my couple sessions, I tell them to have the
1: conversation here. <laughs> so yeah. like I will just go, let's just do it. Let's, okay, what do, you, what do you want to talk about? Okay, let's talk about it. And I don't give them words as such as much as I give them tools for how they can listen to the yeah. other. Because often communication, what I find is tricky with couples, is not that very very rarely will I have a couple who's not communicating at all sometimes, but very rarely. Most of the couples are communicating, but they're just talking at each other. They're not mm. actually listening to each other. Mm. It's like, no, that's, that's that's not how communication works. It's yeah. not a one-way street. You're not you can't just talk at someone and expect that they'll understand what you're talking about because you're in it together. So mm. you have to have a to and a fro. There has to be a coming. Back as well so most of the time it's actually spending time teaching them how to listen yep. and show that they're listening mm-hmm. not only in their body language but also repeating back to them and comprehending what yeah. they're actually saying like have you actually understood what's happening here and not preparing their next argument
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that tends to be where most of the work that I tend to do around communication with my couples yeah so I guess in terms of managing some of these expectations then, like how do we obviously communication is one of the things that we use, but you know, how do we actually manage the expectations that we might have?
0: I suppose when they first like when a conflict first arises, not not jumping like not jumping to a conclusion or jumping to a this is a no-go sort of thing. I suppose if you've already reflected on it and you've reached that that conclusion, then sure you can have that this is a non-negotiable. But Sometimes like I think a lot of the the conflicts or the differences that arise aren't always major, Mm. major ones. They're, they're ones where you have a differing opinion or a, a differing, this is how I think this should go. And then you have to decide, okay, does, does this mean this much to me? And is this something that I want to, is this the hill I'm going (laughs) to die on? Yeah. Or is this something that I can negotiate and just sort of deciding for yourself, sitting back, is this, is this worth something bringing up? Because yeah, like you can have your big, your big issues, but you can have little issues feel like big issues as well and think this is, this is do or die Yeah. when it actually, sometimes you do have to be a bit comfortable with, okay, we're actually not reaching agreement here, but Can we move past it? Mm. And there's some things that, yes, you can. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which even in the moment may not feel like you can. Mm. But if you're able Mm. to
1: reflect and be okay, then perhaps this is one of those things that you can let go of.
0: Yeah. And also realising that maybe it's not a one conversation issue. It might be one that you both have to come back to several times and that's also okay. And it probably is a good idea because it means you've had time to think about it and you're not just – going the jugular and rising to the heat of the moment mm. Mm. and
1: gives you opportunity to actually learn about the other person as well. Mm. If, if there's a toing and froing, as frustrating as it may feel if it goes on for a long time, same conversation over and over again, it's generally if you're listening, you'll actually learn something new. Yeah, Because they, they're they bringing something to you that has been unresolved. So they're going to bring something new to you. They're not going to bring the same thing because mm. that's that's a battle that didn't get them anywhere.
0: Yeah, They're always going to bring something yeah, new. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, if you're receptive to that, then they're going to be more comfortable the next time to bring it, Yeah, bring something forward because there might be, you know, we've already said like you can have that insecurity that they're going to reject you for this. So if you're not going to be receptive to their issues, they're not going to bring them up and – they're not going to be receptive to yours. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
1: Absolutely right. Deciding to pick the battles as well is what you were talking about as well, you know, whether this is the hill that you want to die (laughs) on or not. But I also think it's important for us to have an idea of this type of standard of relationship that we're actually looking at too, like and being okay with being in a good enough Mm. relationship because I think – and I don't want to mistake that by saying let's have low standards. It's not what I'm talking about we should have high standards mm. of, you know, respect and honesty, honor. Like we should expect all those really good things, but also be okay with the fact that you may not have a relationship that is going to be perfect. No, <laughs> That you won't have a relationship that will be without conflict. Mm. Like conflict is not a bad thing. Mm. Conflict becomes a bad thing when someone's literally being hurt, when abuse is involved, then it's a bad thing. But conflict itself is not a bad thing. It just means that you're two different people. Mm, mm. Wow. Wonderful. That's what we want. <laughs> so that's not that's not a bad thing. But also accepting that, yeah, hey, maybe I can have a normal relationship. And normal means it's good enough. It's not perfect.
0: Absolutely. You're just each other's cheerleader at the end of the day. Like it's so – people say things like I hate conflict. And I'm like, well, no one likes conflict. <laughs> but – isn't it sometimes a little bit fun to have a difference of opinion, to have something new, to like have a problem to work through and to also, if someone identifies that this is an issue for me, if you truly love them, you want to work through it and you want, if they're, if you know, there's you've both established that, okay, this is a virtue that we regard as important, but this is one that, that we both struggle with or that one person struggles with. Then isn't that, such a privilege to be able to help someone through that yeah, or to have like not be alone to have someone who's accountable with you like it's not yeah it shouldn't be seen as it's kind of like in like a footy team you've got different different positions but you're working towards the same goal yeah different skill sets different attitudes and yeah Yeah. you need both of them yeah you're on the
1: same team is what I tell all my couples you're on the same team so make sure you're actually acting like you're on the same
0: team yeah (laughs) yeah
1: not on two different places. It also makes me think about the things that are really important in a relationship um, as well. And that includes things like actually having a friendship Mm. with the person that you're in a relationship with, uh, that you actually want to hang out with them, that you like spending time with them. Which means that with any of our friends, we have different friends, like different people like different things. We might have some things in common, mm. but we're not going to have everything in mm. common with that person. And that's good. That's yeah. part of having a friendship with someone, Yeah, yeah. learning those different things about them, honouring each other's dreams, like actually wanting to see the other person achieve what they want to achieve in life. Mm. Wanting to have dreams together is another big thing in a relationship. And then, managing conflict is also really important, a really practical Mm. part of it, but also essential so that it doesn't become a relationship that is solely conflict-based. You need to be able to manage those conflicts for exactly what you said. We can't escape them. They're always going to exist. Yeah. Having mutual understanding um, and being able to compromise, you know, that's another one that you were talking about as well. But then also being able to repair. I think we underestimate the importance of being able to repair when something has happened that has either hurt one or both people in a relationship. The ability to go back and go, that didn't go the way I would have liked to have mm. have done mm. that. Can we, can we redo that? I'm sorry about that.
0: Yeah. Let me own
1: that. That was on me.
0: Yeah, don't um, be on the defensive straight away. Yeah, yeah.
1: but also being able to say how hey, you hurt me. Yeah. Like it's, it's also okay to say to them if they haven't seen it, if they don't know, they can't do anything about it. Mm. It's mm. really important to be able to repair them. But all of that sits within like the boundaries of trust and commitment. Yeah. You, none of that is going to work without trust and commitment mm-hmm. in the relationship. Mm. So just having like a reasonable expectation
0: yeah yeah sometimes I find a really valuable opportunity to actually define those expectations or how you might approach them can also be being a bit proactive and if you're if you're open with that other person when you see a situation that may not necessarily be in your relationship addressing it like Mm. I often find that when you remove that personal aspect of it and you say And you're not, you're not gossiping, but if you sort of see something and you go, you know, I don't like how that person did that because that would make me feel like this or I wouldn't stand for this because, and yeah, sometimes taking just examples of other relationships or situations can be a really good way of removing that personal, because that's where the, a lot of the time the friction comes from removing that personal aspect and sort of saying, well, this is how I'd feel. Mm. What do you think? Or what would you do in this situation is a much more inviting way of also, I suppose, having those conversations. It's a less confronting way. Mm. You can have it like a
1: third, a third party kind of conversation, observing a third party, but also giving insight into how you feel about it and allowing them
0: Mm. to Mm. share
1: how they feel about it too. It's a great way to Learn together. Mm. Love it. Well there
0: you go. That was a bit of a deep episode there, Elise. (laughs) Not a bit bit more feely than the the start. The technical description. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) True, true. (laughs) (laughs) Expectation management. Sounds like a um like a workplace safety day. (laughs) (laughs) It does. Yeah. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this particular
1: episode. If there was anything in there that you agreed with, disagreed with, get in touch with us and let us know. We love hearing from you. And we want to know, like, challenge us. If you think that we um, disagree on what's happening, do do challenge us. So before we
0: go, we might do a truth, beauty, and goodness. Do you have one for us, Elise? Yes. It's just started getting a bit cold and mm. I hate the cold. <laughs> but I got up the other morning and it was just kind of crisp cold and it was okay. And there was a beautiful. like I got up early enough for a beautiful sunrise. It was the sky was just this gorgeous purple pink and the clouds were kind of like almost in little like squares, like, you know, when they spread across the sky Mm -hmm. and it, yeah, that pitch will get me through winter. Oh, <laughs> it was beautiful. So that was my, my moment of hope yeah. approaching wintertime. Oh,
1: as we're coming yeah. into winter.
0: Okay. Yeah. What, what was your moment?
1: Um, for me, it was um, I did a mental health campaign recently, took part in a mental health mm. campaign recently. And I, like I've, I've spoken about mental health battles with all the deportation stuff Mm. that happened with me. I've spoken about that a couple of times on the podcast and it was just really humbling to go back to a place where I could now use that story to help others to reach out and to just try and bring that stigma down Mm. of reaching out for help, especially as a mental health professional myself, Mm. just being able to say, Hey, (laughs) we all, we all have moments for different reasons, seek out that help, but then also walking away and going, Ooh, Some of that was a little bit triggering. Mm. Hmm, This is good. I I need to just kind of take a step back. So, yeah, really, really humbling to know that God is still doing healing work in me. Um, But also that, you know, there's, yeah, there's some things that hit harder Mm. than others. And that makes me human.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's great that you can use that experience and that pain essentially to help others in their pain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll certainly try to. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Elise, for joining me for another episode today. Thank you, Sina. It's been great. <laughs> well, yeah, it's been really good. Hopefully we'll have you on here soon. And thank you to everyone who's been listening from wherever you might have been listening from. Thank you for joining us each and every week. We will catch you again next week. But until then, not by love and prayers.